Hello, my name is Joe Murray, and welcome to 28 Days of Black History. Every day this month, my friends and I will travel back in time to bring you stories, events, and people that have shaped black culture to what it is. Some people you might have heard of, some of them you might not have, some of the events you might have heard of, and some of them might be new to you. So whether you know the stories or you're hearing them for the first time, sit back and relax as we take this time to remember on 28 Days of Black History. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Joe and I will be speaking about the Civil Rights Act of 1964. For decades after Reconstruction, the U.S. Congress did not pass a single Civil Rights Act. Finally, in 1957, it established a civil rights section of the Justice Department, along with a commission on civil rights to investigate discriminatory conditions. Three years later, Congress provided four court-appointed referees to help black people register to vote. Both of these bills were strongly watered down to overcome Southern resistance. When John F. Kennedy entered the White House in 1961, he initially delayed supporting anti-discrimination measures. But with protests springing up through the South, including one in Birmingham, Alabama, where police brutally pressed nonviolent demonstrators with dogs, clubs, and high-pressure fire hoses, Kennedy decided to act. In 1963, he proposed by far the most comprehensive civil rights legislation to date, saying the United States will not fully be free until all of its citizens are free. However, Kennedy was assassinated that November in Dallas, after which new President Lyndon B. Johnson immediately took up the cause. Let this session of Congress be known as the session which did not let this session of Congress be known as the session which did more for civil rights than the last hundred sessions, Johnson said in his first State of the Union address. During debates on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives, Southerners argued, among other things, that the bill unconstitutionally took away individuals' liberties and state rights. In a mischievous attempt to sabotage the bill, a Virginia segregationist introduced an amendment to ban employment discrimination against women. That one passed, whereas over a hundred other hostile amendments were defeated. In the end, in the end, the House approved the bill with bipartisan support by a vote of 290 to 130. The bill then moved to the U.S. Senate, where Southern and Border State Democrats staged a 75-day filibuster, among the longest in U.S. history. On one occasion, Senator Robert Byrd of West Virginia, a former Ku Klux Klan member, spoke for over 14 consecutive hours. But with the help of the behind-the-scenes horse trading, the bill's supporters eventually obtained the two-third votes necessary to end the debate. One of those votes came from California Senator Claire Ingle, who, though too sick to speak, signaled I by pointing to his own eye. Having broken the filibuster, the Senate voted 73 to 27 in favor of the bill, and Johnson signed it into law on July 2, 1964. It is an important gain, but I think we just delivered the South to the Republican Party for a long time to come, Johnson, a Democrat, purportedly told an aide later that day in a prediction that would largely come true. Following the Civil War, a trio of constitutional amendments 
abolished slavery, the 13th Amendment, made the former slave citizens, the 14th Amendment, and gave all men the right to vote regardless of race, the 15th Amendment. Nonetheless, many states, particularly the South, used poll tax, literacy tests, and other measures to keep African American citizens essentially disenfranchised. They also enforced strict segregation through Jim Crow laws and condoned violence from white supremacist groups like the Ku Klux Klan. But under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, segregation on the grounds of race, religion, or national origin was banned at all places of public accommodations, including courthouses, parks, restaurants, theaters, sports arenas, and hotels. No longer could blacks or any other minorities be denied service simply based on the color of their skin. Title VII of the Civil Rights Act barred race, religion, national origin, and gender discrimination by employers and labor unions and created an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission with the power to file lawsuits on behalf of the aggrieved workers. Additionally, the act forbade the use of federal funds for any discriminatory programs authorized by the Office of Education, now the Department of Education, to assist with school desegregation, gave extra clouds to the Commission on Civil Rights, and prohibited the unequal application of voting requirements. Civil Rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. said that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was nothing less than a second emancipation later expanded to bring disabled Americans, the elderly, and women under its umbrella. It also paved the way for two major follow-up laws, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which prohibited literacy tests and other discriminatory voting practices, and Fair Housing Act of 1968, which banned discrimination in the sales of rental and financing of property. Though the struggle of racism would continue, Legal segregation had been brought to its knees in the United States. Thank you for listening to 28 Days of Black History. If you guys would like to leave a comment, please follow us at The Joe Show on Facebook, at Reddit at The Joe Show, or check out our wonderful website at www.tjs.show. I'm Joe, your host. Join us tomorrow as we bring you another great episode on 28 Days of Black History. Goodbye for now.